Would you join with me in prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in all our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength, our song, and our salvation. Amen. So welcome again, intrepid friends. Merry Christmas, one and all. And let me reiterate what we say together at the beginning of our worship gatherings. To those of you who are here in person and to all who are online with us, wherever you may be, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. You are welcome here not just because I say so, or because someone greeted you warmly at the door when you came in. You are welcome here, especially this day, because Jesus' birth is the ultimate word of God saying all, all, all are welcomed in God's home and God's heart and God's family. Jesus is God's word of love, forgiveness, grace, welcome and belonging made flesh, made human. And because of that divine earthly gift, all flesh, even ours here today, is now the place where God's love, forgiveness, grace, welcome and belonging becomes real. I remember hearing a statistic many years ago that on any given Sunday morning, something like 30% of the people sitting in the pews almost didn't come to church that morning. All right, yeah, there's a little bit of recognition here, perhaps, that's okay. I imagine that percentage is even higher in many places today as overall church attendance has continued its decline over the years. And in the slow recovery from a global pandemic, and in the aftermath of a widespread blizzard with record cold temperatures. And, well, because it's Christmas morning and, you know, stockings. So, once again, especially to those of you who braved the elements to get here, welcome to this particularly fancy stable where we celebrate Jesus' birth among us and for us and with us and in us. We, wherever we have come from and wherever we are going from here, are the family of God, where Jesus is being born again today. Now I know the word family can be a bit of a minefield for many people, especially around Christmas. I remember the first Christmas I was serving a church far away from my family of origin many moons ago and though I was trying to put on a brave face, I was in fact feeling a bit lonely and sad and aware of all the usual celebrations that I would be missing. The Hallmark Channel wasn't yet in existence, and so the, that particular outlet for weeping through my many emotions wasn't available. I was barely holding it together, when I stopped by the church to check in with the senior pastor who was finishing the details of the Christmas Eve service. I've decided, he said, that my sermon is going to be called Christmas, a time for families. And I lost it, completely. 
My heart exploded with every hurt feeling imaginable, and my indignation rose up for all those who would see that title and feel like it meant they weren't included. What about those people who couldn't be with their families? Was Christmas, was Jesus' birth not for them? What about those whose families had abandoned or disowned them or were a danger to them? What about those whose chosen families didn't look like a 1950s sitcom or even like a politically acceptable 1980s version? What about those who had no family? Was Christmas not a time for them as well? I was livid that so many people, me included, would feel abandoned or unwelcomed and left out if his sermon even hinted at the completely fabricated nuclear family ideal to the exclusion of the rest of us. I have no recollection what actually came out of my mouth when I shared some of those explosive thoughts with the pastor. Though something I said must have struck a chord because on Christmas Eve, the title in the bulletin read, Christmas, a time for gathering. <laughs> Better, but only slightly. But over time, as I have pondered the holy, holy ordinary family that Jesus was born into those many generations ago, I've actually come to the conclusion that Christmas is indeed a time for family, for God's family gathered around Jesus, a family that is so much richer and deeper and wider and more peculiarly beautiful than any sitcom could ever devise. Even looking at just those few who are central to Luke's story of Jesus' birth, whether or not pterodactyls are involved, it is clear that Jesus' family deliberately includes the whole spectrum of humanity and creation. See if you can't find yourself among those gathered around that lowly stable where Jesus Christ was born. If you, for instance, like Mary, have said yes to something that you have no idea what it might bring forth from you, or if you're young and far from home and miss your family just when you need them the most, or are carrying a child, or a secret, or a burden, or what feels like the weight or the hope of the world. Or if, like Mary, you have had to put your life in another's hands and trust that you will be taken care of even when the circumstances don't seem to point in that direction at all, then Jesus was born for you and you are part of God's family. Or if you, like Joseph, are trying to take care of others without knowing where you're gonna spend the night, or feel like you are nothing more than another body to be registered and counted in the census, or carry both the blessing and the burden of your family's lineage, or if you have come to parenthood late in life or as a surrogate 
or under questionable circumstances. Then the good news is Christmas is for you and you belong to God's family. Or if you, like the shepherds around Bethlehem, live in occupied territory or are just trying to do your job without attracting notice from those in power, or have ever been overwhelmed and terrified, or if you hear in your very soul a message so compelling that you have to risk leaving all that is familiar to find out if it's really true, then the truth of Christ's birth is meant for you and you are welcomed in God's family. Or if you, like the angels, tend to show up places unexpectedly or have a song in your heart that must be sung or know that your purpose is to bring good news of peace and hope and goodwill to others or if you simply shine, then Jesus' glorious nativity is for you and you have a place in God's family. And of course there's this. If you, like Jesus, find your first friends among animals rather than people or have had to borrow even the simplest of necessities in order to survive or cannot be limited by mere binary categories, black, white, spiritual, political, male, female, human, divine, or if in fact you, like Jesus, were born at all, if you came squalling into this world in messy flesh and blood and have breathed air and known hunger and been comforted ever by another's gentle touch, then you, fellow human, fellow child of God, you also are swaddled in God's warm embrace and included in God's family. And this, in fact, is the great, good, glorious news of God's birth in the singular, holy, ordinary person of Jesus. God has chosen us. In the word become flesh, God has spoken to all of us messy, wondrous, lonely, terrified, hopeful, burdened, clueless, caring, clingy, resistant, utterly human beings and said, you, you are my beloveds and I call you mine. You are my family. And so we love because God first loved us. And so yet again to all of you who have overcome impediments of whatever sort to be here, welcome this morning to this particularly fancy stable where we celebrate Jesus' birth among us and for us and with us. Truly, wherever we have come from and wherever we are going from here, we are the holy, ordinary family of God where Jesus is being born again today. 
May we take that good news into all our tomorrows. Amen.